We're here, we're queer, and we will continue to change the world. Welcome to Queer Changemakers. I'm your host, Justin Mezzotin, pronouns he, him, and each episode will share stories of LGBTQ plus individuals who are taking action to make a difference in our communities and beyond. Welcome to this episode of Queer Changemakers. Uh, today, our guest is Laverne Simpson, and would you like to come and uh, introduce yourself briefly? Hi, yes. Um, yeah, Laverne Simpson. I am a writer, producer, and director of a new stage play called Affirming Love. Um, I am an Amazon author of a book called Just Be You, Baby, God and You Against All Odds. Um, I am, I've been in ministry for several years. I am, I will call myself partially retired. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, a, a mother of three, spouse and bonus mom to four and that's pretty much me. <laughs> awesome. Well, I guess super glad you're able to join us today and have this conversation. Um, I feel like you mentioned so many things. And I I guess let's let's I guess let's talk about the book first and then we'll get into the play. Like that honestly, that's a little more exciting to me because I, I love the idea of theater and just seeing how people take ideas and have different parts and enjoyable and enjoyments. But let's just talk about the book really fast. So just be you, baby. Yes, um, just be you, baby. <laughs> what's the book a little bit about? And like what what led you to write it? Well, um it is basically I strongly believe in um people being allowed to be themselves. This book is um, it speaks some truths about my life and my journey um, of me being um, being raised traditionally and in the Baptist church and uh, struggles with being able to come out, being able to be myself, being able to live um, as God created me to live, I mean, to be, you know, um, or being able to be who God created me to be, let me say that. Um, and it really is encouraging people because a lot of times, I mean, as we all know, there has been so many battles with um, the LGBTQ plus community and the church. Um, and although we've gotten in a better place, we still have not completely gotten there. Um, the fact that people believe or have been ostracized or have been made to believe that they're going to hell because they are same gender loving. Um, yeah, that was my big motivation about putting this book out because I started in ministry, was in ministry for, I'm still in ministry, but I've been in ministry for over 20 years. Um, and just knowing where God brought me from to where I am, you know, it's just obvious that the things that people say to us as a community, it's a lie, you know? And it, that's my motivation. I'm just gonna put it there. I grew up Seventh-day Adventist. So we are also far behind when it comes to being inclusive also and affirming. Uh, that's definitely one of mm -hmm. our, <laughs> our challenges. And I even volunteer <laughs> with a group that tries to build bridges and okay. just, interesting sometimes to see communities that preach love and inclusion until they hit a spot and then they're like wait a minute we 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 have to add but in there we we, we yes we're right. and we're loving but not if you there's the but <laughs> right and it's like but like what did you just and it's interesting because you know they don't always see the other side and i think exactly yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of what the book is like. That means that I need to definitely bring um, the play to you because that's a lot of what affirming love is about. Um, 
embracing, you know, um, understanding, clearing out that butt, you know, clearing out that butt because we're, we're all created, right? Equal. Yeah. All created. <laughs> we're, we're all created equal. Until they separate us. And, you know, the, the Bible itself has a lot of things Absolutely. in it. And it's like, you know, there's different parts of the body. Um, mm, absolutely. case for diversity. I don't, I don't know really what is. So you've, you've got the book and now, and now you have this play, this theater play. Um, I guess, is this the first play that you've written and produced? Or have you, has this been a consistent project? Or type of project? This is the first play I've put on a big stage. Mm -hmm. So I've been writing and producing since I was 15. Um, most of my work as far as plays go is gospel. Yeah. Um, skits, gospel musicals um, that, you know, like I said, I was brought up, born and raised, brought up in the Baptist church. Um, with God in my life, all my life. <laughs> so um, that was the, um, yeah, that's that's basically uh, my first time actually putting it on stage for the whole public eye. Everything else has been for the church, you know, at this church, at that church, you know. Yeah, so it was exciting. Awesome. And how, how... How did you feel like in that moment when you know you're you're in the room, everybody else is watching it, experiencing it? What was that like for you? Wow, it was unbelievable. Um, it was so exciting just coming up to it because I wrote the play in 2019, but then the pandemic hit, COVID hit. Um, when I originally wrote, we were in Michigan. I was in Detroit at the time. Um, and when the when Michigan lifted the state of emergency, I mean, I have been I have been wanting to live in Florida forever. Yeah. And so it was like, it's time to go. I'm ready. <laughs> so I pretty much pushed my wife into moving to Florida. And it was amazing because I didn't realize the political things that Florida was going through yeah. with the governor out there. Like when I got to Florida, it was just like, it hit me. Right. It was like the light bulb came on. It was like spirit said, it's time, put it on stage. You know, <laughs> so I just moved in, in what I felt in the spirit, like, and then to actually get into meeting um, folks from the LGBTQ plus community in Florida um, such as Reverend, shouts out to Reverend Terry, um, Steve Pierce, when I met her and, mm -hmm. and I went to her MCC church because we went to talk because I was looking for a place for us to rehearse, you know, and trying to meet, you know, people in the community, um, you know, Pulse had happened in Orlando. Um, and I found out, I found out what was going on against the transgender community. And I thought, oh my God, this is why it's time to put this play on stage. Like everything that was happening, this play speaks, I mean, it speaks to it. Everything that's happening now, but definitely what was going on with Buddy Dyer, it, it yeah. all yeah. of that. Awesome. Ron DeSantis, Mr. Duh. <laughs> yeah. It's, it speaks it's awesome volume to it things also work out in a, in an interesting way. Absolutely. Like with the backdrop of exclusion, let's say, uh, the right. backdrop of someone who wants to build up walls against people and keep people out. Um, Absolutely. You get there. And it's, mm, it's also interesting because at one point people were like, yeah, Florida, that's where freedom is, right? We don't need masks. We don't need these rules. We have right. outdoors. But then on this other side, it's like, actually, Right. Not for everyone. Not 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 these people in our community. Not you know certain mm -hmm. folks and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there were some friends that I've made online 
and like part of the queer community in Florida and like people mm -hmm. in the queer business community who are mm -hmm. also like, we get it, we get it. Like when people like don't go to Florida because as a, the governor and blah, blah, blah. But it's mm -hmm. like, but there's also queer communities there. There are also queer entrepreneurs, queer businesses who are like, but Absolutely. we're still here, <laughs> right? And like, <laughs> like, I get it. We don't want to support whatever's on top of this, on charge of the state, but like we're here and yeah. our businesses need our help even more than ever. Mm -hmm. um, so that's awesome that you are able to sort of be there and put on this show. Yeah. And yeah, voices oh. still need to be heard. And I think it was just, it was just perfect timing. And it was so amazing because um, I also have a, a friend there and he has, has an older lady who's a chaplain who he's been friends with for like over 30 years, but she is so against the um, LGBTQ plus community, you know, she's a um, yeah. church lady. And it was like, you know, he said, they've been arguing about stuff forever. Um, the Bible versus inclusivity. And she actually came to the show. Okay. She actually came to it twice. <laughs> she okay. came to see it twice. And um, when I tell you, she hugged me, you know, she spoke something to me that I already knew, but I, I still received that, you know, God has so much in store for you and you need to put this play out all over the place. And, mm -hmm. you know, don't you stop and, you know, this and the third. And it really felt good because that means that the message came across, you know, somebody got it. And the biggest thing is to, to tie the church together with the LGBTQ plus community, you know, to get that one Thing, well, I'm not going to say, well, I am going to say that one thing, the Bible in the center of it, you know, because that's what everybody is basing things off of the Bible, but mm -hmm. get that one thing out of the way and put love in the way of it, you know, let's replace that. And I'm not saying replace the Bible literally, I'm just saying, you know, the whole ideal of having to, um, and I stand on God's word most definitely, but when you want to place a book in between people and community versus love, which God is and God is all about, that's what it's all about. That's what the play is about. So, you know, trying to help those that are trying to welcome the LGBTQ plus community in their church homes and don't really know, you know, how to do it or how to go about it. Those who are lacking knowledge, you know, because yeah. you're thinking about our bedrooms and instead of thinking about us as people. Yeah. And that's so, yeah. Something I, I experience a lot trying to start some of these conversations. And sometimes when I think of the people at the top of these churches, it's they know the truth. They know that, like, if we do have open out proud queer people in our communities, eventually we will love them and then eventually we'll see that we were wrong and i think that's part of the reason why it's like no we, we just don't want you here we don't want you to be loud um yeah because at the end of the day yeah. like in theory all of it hangs on love right so if you absolutely don't have love like what's the point of all of that and absolutely uh, yeah yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's... end of the day it's all about us just loving one another you know i just think that we've been brainwashed you know all of us even, even at the top of it all you know what i'm saying it's just to put people in boxes and allow religion to um to supersede love you know um mm -hmm biblical laws and things and then people going all the way back you know to the new testament time when we're we're even beyond i mean they're going back to old testament time and we're even beyond new testament time nowadays you know what i'm saying like that's just the thing that that you know gets to me how there's so many people unfortunately who have been torn away from their families or, or who've allowed the church to tear them away, who, you know, would rather 
listen to a preacher or, you know, believe in their faith more than love their child. And that hurts my feelings, you know, that hurts my feelings. And it took a while. I wasn't one of those kids who, um, whose parents were like immediately, you're my daughter and I love you and it's okay. No, I wasn't. Um, and I know that there are people, you know, who have families who embrace them and that's awesome. Good for them. But there are people out here who, who have been stripped, you know, from their, from their birth families because they would rather be judgmental. They don't understand. They don't, you know, and that is the thing that hurts my heart more than anything. I can probably cry about it every time I think about it because the fact that you preach this word and stay, say you believe and stand on things, yet you can be so judgmental mm -hmm. and you can be so quick to hate, you know? Yeah. It's, because, it's, you know, so yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. And like, I, I grew up Seventh-day Adventist and I'm still processing where I stand now. Um, but there's this idea of, um, I had this thought and then I completely lost it. But when it comes to sort of community and connection, okay, got it. <laughs> um, okay. When I think about the reasons why people leave church communities, mm -hmm. it's almost never because the church community was just too loving. It's not like, like no one's ever said, oh, that church, they accepted me just so much. <laughs> they were just always yeah, giving me hugs and we were having jokes and they invited me over for food. Everyone was just so nice. I have to leave. <laughs> right. But it's <laughs> but the other side of like, I was there, but then like I wore jeans one day and they I got the looks. I sat in someone's seat and they were like, that's not where you belong. That's my, you know, this is my place. I wanted to do something and someone said, no, that's, you can't do this role. Um, these people were judgy. These people made faces. I, you know, my, my parents had, someone had a divorce and mm -hmm. they looked at me differently. And it's mm -hmm. like, sometimes when people are like, why are people leaving the church? It's like, well, look at the church. You all don't look so happy. You all don't, you're not making it a fun place to be. Okay. You're not <laughs> being a good example. <laughs> yeah, like, why would I want to join that? Why would I want to join that group? That's not yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then even something I thought about recently was there actually are people who leave churches that are too loving. But those are the people who are like, no, we need to be more judgmental. How could we let these people in? How could we do this? Exactly. And I'm like, oh, so those are the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's something like the church isn't even what it used to be. Um, and even even being a minister and in ministry for so long, um, it has just become not the, the you know not the 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 atmosphere that I particularly care to be in myself anymore. You know, I would rather do my ministry in the streets. I would rather be ministering elsewhere. I don't, you know, that congregational thing is just so much and it turns so many people away and, you know, it's so many different, it's just, it's just too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I, you know. Yeah. I, I, I read this book once about this other guy who, who, who did something similar, who was like, you can have your church and or your temple and I'm going to go hang out with the other people. I'm going to go by the seaside. We'll talk a little bit. Have exactly. Some hang out at people's houses. You know, so you I feel have. like you're, you're, you're in some, you're following some good footsteps there. <laughs> I think so. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm a believer of a lot of it and I'm a non-believer of some of it. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe everything as it was written because it was man-made, you know what I'm saying? Um, and like, and, you know, I mean, it yeah, was still, even like, still as it was written, at the end of the day, it still was written by a man. I know what y'all, I know what, and I know, the, I mean, Bible told us probably out there going like, what? She said, at the end of the day, it was still written by man. And I believe that the thing that God really wants is the relationship with his creation. 
with his people. And so why not get to know whatever that spirit is for you, whatever that higher being is for you, why not get to know that and understand that versus, and that's just my belief and understanding at this time. I mean, I, like I said, I grew up in the Baptist church, been going to church all my life, you know, um, but I've got a different understanding. And I believe that, that, you know, it's just bigger than that book. I mean, I truly believe we're each a, a, a book in the Bible. We could write a whole new Bible, right? You yeah. know, and each check on different chapters because our lives, right? I mean, you know, I don't care what you want to call the being, but I'm saying that whatever you believe in, spirit, God almighty, whatever you want to, you know, however you want to name it, um, it's up to you. Whether it be the universe, we've all experienced things in life and we all have a story. We all have stories. Everyone, I don't care how big you are, how small you are. We all have stories, Right of how we came out of things, how we went through some things, how we, you know, you know, how we might have started from the bottom. Now we're here, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then we might've made it backwards, but you know, but not, we yeah. never returned backwards. Right. It's like, exactly. We went up, we came back down, but my down was a different down than before. I learned you know? things. And yeah. Yes. And I feel like even when it comes to first, Hey, back then, how many people could read? I don't know, but it's hard to write a book for people and be like, yeah, but most of the people can't read. Um, one, exactly. two, most of those things weren't even written until much later anyway. And exactly, they definitely were yeah. in English and certain words that we have today, they did not have back then. And certain words that we use today mean something completely different. And that's absolutely understandable. So anytime someone's like, yeah, I follow the Bible, I'm like, well, which interpretation of the Bible? Exactly. Which translation? Like, the Bible is clear. I'm like, is it? If it were clear, how many denominations would we have? I mean, exactly. Because there would be so no many people watch. Why do people? So many people, you know, yeah. break off and start yeah. a whole new. Because time yeah. passes and people realize, okay, the way I understood that doesn't really make sense with life, mm -hmm. with the life mm -hmm. that I've been given, mm -hmm. with the life that I'm experiencing. So how do we Absolutely. do this? Yeah, and oh, look at me bringing things. Let's back. go on this other quest. So there's this. You know, there's this. Have you ever seen the Book of Mormon? The sh the show on Broadway or like in in theaters. Okay. I've heard of the Book it of Mormon. It is a complicated show. It is not okay. for the faint of heart. It is not for the people who are easily offended. It's made by the creators of creators of creators of South Park, and. It's that type of sense of humor. But in a way, this is sort of the idea of, this is one of those themes in the show where it's, um, you have people from a place bringing a message that has no context to the people they're talking to. That ah. make any sense. It's like, what, 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 are you, what are you telling us? We have problems. <laughs> what, is, what am I supposed to do with this? What you're telling me? Um, and sort of without giving away any major spoilers or any of the cuss words, there's so many. Um, but <laughs> it sort of goes to a point where the person who didn't really study in school ends up changing some things so that they make sense to the people they're talking to. Okay. And in a way, he may end up converting the whole village and and the way it all <laughs> the way it all comes to like the way it all culminates is just like pretty cute and amazing and and very blasphemous okay. people okay. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like you can tell a story especially with theater especially with movies especially with with you know storytelling that helps mm -hmm. connect to an audience that says mm -hmm. oh thank you for sharing that story now i have a little more hope for what for mm -hmm. life I can appreciate myself right. a little bit more. I can show up with right. more love to the people around me, yeah. to the situations. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's, it's. I guess I love the power of art and storytelling for that reason. Because you yes. can take an idea and say, all right, how do I make it actually helpful? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, if you had to give like a, like a specific synopsis of your 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 play affirming love which maybe come in maybe 
in a theater near me. Yeah. Maybe in a theater in theater soon. Uh, (laughs) What's your, uh, you know, little summary of Affirming Love, the play? Um, I would say Affirming Love is a drama. Um, It's based off of matters of life and death um, and relationships um, in the lives and in the lives and relationships of the LGBTQ plus individuals, straight individuals, their family, and the church, their faith communities. I'm gonna say in the faith communities. Um, that's what it is. It's a drama is based off of different scenarios of, um, yeah. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. Okay. So what is, what is, what is happening in your world or what, what do you want to be happening with affirming love as we go further into 2024? What's going on with it now? Uh, the goal and my prayer and desire is to get this play on as many stages that I possibly can across the world. Um, I would like to um, work with other directors who would be willing to introduce it to their communities. Um, it's not just for the LGBTQ plus community, but very much so for um, faith-based communities as well um, to help bridge the gap. So the prayer and desire is that it will go all across the world, starting in the United States, as many stages as I can get it across. Um, Right now, initially, Um, Even if it's not me directing and producing it, I want to introduce it to other producers and directors and other people who find it interesting and would want to bring it to their local community, to their city, to their states, Um, um, work with people and just getting this message out because it's very important. Um, It is based off of um, a program written by a Reverend Roland Stringfellow of uh, MCC Detroit Church. Um, he built a program called Umoja. Um, and for those who know anything about Kwanzaa or Swahili, um, Umoja means unity in the community. Oh. And when I had my brick and mortar, uh, he had introduced the, his project to me, his program to me. Um, and asked, would I be interested in um, hosting the program at my church? Um, and so when I read the program, immediately it's like, this needs to be, this needs to be put in a play. Like this is, no, people need to see this, not just hear it. Um, And so I based the play, the play is inspired off of that book, off of that program. Um, It brings to life um, scenarios of what Reverend Strollin was trying to um, implement, you know, what he's trying to get across. Um, And so with his permission, I went to him I could not wait until I saw him again after reading it the first time. And when I saw him, I said, oh my God, will you let me build a play around this? And he's like, yeah, sure, right? And then when I built the play, I think it shocked him so much because he never, I mean, even writing the program and it being put on and he, you know, all the interviews and things that he did to get the program to actually see it come to life was even more eye-opening even for himself, you know? So yeah, that that is the thing. I want to take this play across the world. I want every and anybody that is willing and able to sit down and watch it 
to see it because it's going to open their eyes. It's going to open the eyes of naysayers, right? Mm -hmm. To something that maybe they, they're still questioning. Maybe they don't have an understanding. Maybe they do want to understand. Maybe, you know, they don't, and this will help them to, you know, because according to the Bible, the people perish because of a lack of knowledge, right? So let us give you knowledge of what actually sometimes happens in the LGBTQ plus community, you know, because you guys are looking at it from the outside, but you don't know what it's like for us, even as a community, as a people, you know, um, you don't realize the things that some of the things that we go through and have gone through and what you, you know, you know, the stuff that you guys put on our backs. <laughs> I love the fact that it's not no. just information. Okay. I think there's a lot of information and a lot of books and like good knowledge, right? Like perfect, great knowledge, but sometimes Absolutely. packaging it mm -hmm. in, in, in a story, packaging it in, in drama, right? Um, packaging it <laughs> where I'm not preaching at you or telling you what's right and what you need to do but like you're seeing you're seeing it play out you're seeing what happens when a certain idea yeah. goes too far or you're seeing Absolutely. what that experience is and now it's like you know mm -hmm. that you're able to reach a different part of a person yeah um, I think you can the head knowledge mm -hmm. is cool Mm -hmm. But when you get to someone's heart, that's when it's like, oh, no, now I have to respond to this. Absolutely. And the play has a lot of biblical scriptures in it. Um, a lot of the scriptures, um, of course, they, the scenarios build up around these scriptures, though, right? So you'll hear you'll hear a reader and there's actually gospel music that plays behind the reader, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're you're getting all these scriptures that that actually bridge a gap in between scenes that make you think and especially those who have been in the church you know these very scriptures but you guys some of them that you're forgetting about or something that yeah oh, you know you know that scripture but then when you see something tied into it mm -hmm. that brings it to life in a different aspect of, of, of where it connects with the community or where it disconnects, yeah, you know, it, it makes a huge impact and difference. So yeah, I think that it, it really does open eyes, open hearts. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Love that. I, I, growing up in, in the church my whole life, um, one of, I, I do like to laugh and, and have jokes, but also, I like to connect dots that people don't like to connect. <laughs> so mm -hmm. a lot of times, especially when I'm talking like Christian people, it's like, I can pull out verses too. Um, and there's this idea that like you pull out the verse that they're like, mm, you're not supposed to, not that way. Like you can't, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You're like, but isn't it? Isn't it though? This is, like you've heard it said, it shouldn't be used that way. But right now I'm going to be truthful with you and be like, this is how we do it. Um, exactly, <laughs> and, and I and I like the idea that you have both the story and then that scripture thing. So it's like, ooh, ah, I have I now have to like wrestle with this. You know, in my mind, I had this idea, and that's good, right? Mm -hmm. The idea kept me comfortable and puts you in a box over there and me in a box that's labeled good and right over here. And now you're making it a little more messy. You're you're. <laughs> Exactly. Right? You, you're making the box I'm in, maybe not the good box. Exactly. Right? Like, Definitely challenging your box. Yeah. Definitely. I'm going to make you think. Yeah, like, I'm going to make you second think about, you know, let's think about this again. Because a lot, a lot of times certain people are like, yeah, I'm talking about this story. And they always put themselves as Jesus. But it's like, no, you're, you're, the, you're the religious leader in the story. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, that's. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, no, that, that. That makes me uncomfortable. You I, are I, the Pharisee. <laughs> you are the Sadducee. Right? It's like, but like, you yeah. know, it's like, I know you said we're supposed to love everyone, but like, who really, like, who really is a neighbor that I'm supposed to love? Not that, like, right? Not right. 
Not oh, I can't love this. Oh, I can't love them, but I, oh, I can. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, so now you're telling me I got to love a certain way. Mm, that's that's that's. Um, you know. Yeah. It's it's it, it's hard when it's hard, and I and I think it's great to, you know, <laughs> cause people. It's it's great to cause a little bit of discomfort. Yeah. And and I think that's something that we need a little more and I think part of it is because sometimes we look at these words and we we put meanings on them but we don't always go the level deeper to be like here's what an actual value is a value isn't oh I do this and that it's I believe in this as a this is important to me so mm -hmm. now I do things that support that so like Absolutely. loving my neighbor even the ones mm -hmm. I disagree with is important to me Absolutely. so here's Absolutely. how I play that out yeah um, yeah yeah yeah, and when you when you when you, I don't say chat, but I will. When you chat people in the belief that they already have, <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh no, am I supposed to not like an LGBTQ person, or am I supposed to love my neighbor?" You know, it's it's complicated but fun to put someone in that position and be like, "Well, I don't know. You tell me." Absolutely. I mean, am I not your neighbor because I'm LGBT? Is that is is that what you're saying? Cool. Because like, is that what you're saying? Oh. I know I'm good. <laughs> So exactly. I can walk away from this, whatever. But I just like I just like to hear what your your answer is. Exactly. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah I think there are many people who, sadly, believe that they are correct and believe that they are doing the right thing. And sometimes you just need someone to say, "Here's a little more of the picture that you're not looking at." And absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Let me help you look at things from this point of view, you know, yeah, you know, maybe you have your tunnel vision and this is, and, and that's all, you know, we get that. But at the same time, there is, there is a light at the end of this road. There is a light at the end of that road, at the end of this tunnel, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, yeah, you, you, some people will never get it. Some people don't desire and some people are curious. They mm -hmm. want to understand. They don't know how to understand. And um, some people are more visual people. So let me put it in your face in the way that maybe you can relate to it because it ties to what you, you know, you've been taught. Yeah. Or you like, you, you yeah. started telling me a story. So I'm like, okay, let's see where the story goes. Exactly. I don't have to. You know, my guard is not, my guard is a little more down. It's not, yeah, it's, my guard is down. <laughs> right? yeah. When you go with somebody like, let's talk about those verses, people are like, oh, I'm ready for it. Because I'm just going to point to those and say the Bible is clear, problem solved. But like, yeah. it's a story and it's like, hmm. Mm, hmm. Mm, it's, challenge. Right? But it's, it's, it's all learned behavior, though. Mm. I don't care what anybody says. It comes from learned behaviors. Like everybody that, follows the faith were was taught it right yep. and so you believe that because that's what you were taught to believe until you get a revelation right until you have a new understanding until you've grown mm -hmm. right um in your faith or in your faith in the higher up you know and you get you know but, but at the end of the day it's something that people have been taught and they don't know anything differently, you know, until there's that challenge and it switches up, you know, and then or until it comes home. Yeah. When it hits home. When it hits it's home, then, then it's, yeah. And hopefully it, it usually, nice. I don't, I have no idea what the data is, but hopefully it goes good. Because every so often it's like, I think the saddest part is when someone says, when like a parent is like, uh, it's my fault. Right when they put that on themselves, and I get it because the church says wrong. that's like something happened wrong, and they're like, "I'm I'm the parent. I guess I'm responsible." And I think it's a it's a very unloving message, and sometimes it's more sad because it's just like oh, the judgment mm -hmm. people put on themselves is sometimes yeah than the judgment they put on us, <laughs> and it's like absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like every so often someone like 
it almost feels that they're sad that queer people can have so much freedom at times. Like, yeah, is it fair that you get to go and you know live and be free yeah. and be happy and like uh-huh. let's go with these beliefs that I grew up with when I exactly. have to be here doing these things, whether or not yes. I believe them, but I just do them anyway because I'm supposed to. Yes, because I've been put in this box and yeah, God, <laughs> put me in this box. It's small, but at least we'd be together and we could mm-hmm. be quiet. I don't like this freedom you have. This is this is too much. Right. And I think it's, right. it's hard and right. in some ways very sad to be like, it is. I have yeah, to keep the, my the, head the down. I have to be this. I have to be in this tunnel and anything more mm-hmm. is, is, is fair. And I'm like, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. yeah. And to blame. It's like, what do you mean it's your fault? I mean, what's the fault in it? Like, I mean, it's just a lot, you know, and we know as a community that we hear so many things, you know, um, I had a young lady whose family definitely was against it you know to the point where they I guess they thought they was gonna beat it out of her you know what I'm saying uh, you know and and here I am um trying to protect her you know and and you and open my door to her you know um how sad is that you know that y- you can bring about violence but you're supposed to be Christian people. So you, so this, this, you, it's not sparing the rod. You know what I'm saying? Is that what you're saying? You're going to beat it out of it. That's not it. You know, I mean, just a lot of things that I've seen, stuff that we've heard, you know, just different situations that is ridiculous. Like, and that's my whole, just let people be, you know, we're, we're, Just be you, baby. You know, because a lot of times people, you know, if they hadn't seen, uh, put the stereotype on people, right? Sometimes you wouldn't even know a person is LGBTQ plus or whatever, right? You don't know that. They discuss their lives with with someone else, you know, or maybe, you know, you don't know, right? Because we're people. You don't know until we sometimes let you know, or or maybe it's our clothing. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? But what does that, why does that make us not good people? It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? We're we're just, we're intelligent people. We're people too, you know? And um, yeah, it's just the way this whole thing goes. It's like, I'm so passionate about just letting people be who they are. They're not harming what we do is not harming you. And, and, and why you running away thinking, look, Gay people don't want straight people. Straight people want gay people more than we want them, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They're not ready for it. They're not ready. I'm just They're not kidding, ready. but yeah. And, they are not. and there are some They're that... They're not ready for our freedom. There are some that get jealous of the freedom, and there are some that are just like, go be free, go be free. Like in, in the um, yes. work that I, I, I do with SCA Kinship, a lot of times people both in our community and in the church community that are not LGBTQ plus um, will ask, why are you trying to be a part of this group that doesn't want you, right? Or like, why don't you just go somewhere else? And on one level, there's this idea of exclusion, but I feel like on a deeper level, they're like, oh, I see the pain that you have. I see the pain that you're that we are causing you every time we push you and we just want you to just be pushed if we pushed you and you just kept going out, you could be free, but you're here pushing back. And like, <laughs> I don't want to hurt you, but I have to, because I don't know how to do anything better than that. And they asked that question, like, why are you even trying to be there? And sometimes they were just like, well, we're not really trying to be there for us, but for your kids, right? Yeah. Or the the next generation. Absolutely. A little bit easier than us. Um, yes. But it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's a journey. And um it is. And, and it's worth it. It's well yeah. worth the fight, you know. Um, because again, just like you say, you know, the generations that are coming up behind um behind us and and, and this was going on before us, right? You know, there are people who have paved the way and we've come a long way, but we haven't gotten where we need to be and and we need to continue to stand up. 
you know, we need to continue to try to educate people on, you know, uh, how else said they're going to know. I mean, we're going to, you can stay out there and be ignorant if you want. That's fine. You know, but at the same time, we're not going to stop fighting for our right to be who we are and, and, and to live and to love. And we want to open the eyes of those who are, you know, proclaiming to be Christ-like Christian people, whatever your religion is, you know, because it's just not Christian folk that feel that way either, you know, it's other, it's, it's other people. It can be people who aren't even believers, right? Who just don't understand, you know, and so let us educate you. I mean, the only way we learned the things we learned is, is somebody taught us. So mm -hmm. we got to keep it out there. We got to get people to understand, you know, okay. we got to keep fighting for it at the least, you know? Yeah, we have to fight. And also like, as you're doing, making art, right? Creating stories, Absolutely. putting them out. Because yes. also there's yes. joy, there's joy in that. There's joy in that. Like, it's good to fight. It is. But it there's is. also a way to fight with joy where it's like, yes, yeah. You're fighting, well, the last it's also fun. It's also, I'm, I'm, I'm it having is. a good time in this. It maybe. is. Not yeah, all. There are definitely some hard conversations and just stories that you get to hear and be with people. Mm -hmm. But also, I think sometimes the the, fun in it. having that queer joy, being like, we can be happy and joyful and yeah. celebratory. And if you yeah. want to be sad and sit in the corner, I guess. You know, I mean, it's not for you, but <laughs> I found joy Absolutely. and I'm going to hold on to that. Yeah. Um, okay. And that so, was one of the great things, too, um, about doing the play. It was like just listening to people. Like when I first did auditions or when we did the first script reading, so mm -hmm. I didn't let the cast read everything up front, right? So they only auditioned with certain sides. And then when we had the very first rehearsal, um, I gave out the whole script. And so we read through the script. And so I have um, a transgender woman. I have a gay man. I have a straight and curious guy. I have a straight man, heterosexual, heterosexual man. I have a heterosexual woman married to a man. I have a young lady um, who is an ally and I have a lesbian woman. Um, so it's a mixture and none of them really know for real the script yeah. until they read. And when they sat down and read it, Justin, let me tell you, the stories that just started flying out and there was laughter and then there was pain and then there was tears and then it was like, oh my goodness, this is so great. Oh, and we just couldn't wait. And the way we all came together, it was like, it was just awesome. It was just awesome. And it was fun, you know, and it was it, the, the creativity to it and the action. And, and I mean, when I tell you they put themselves in this play mm -hmm. and some of them are in positions that they don't live in in their everyday lives, right? Yeah. Are in this play and they've got to now become something that they aren't, you know, it, it was just great. It, it was just phenomenal watching it. It was a bunch of fun. It's awesome. And, it awesome. and this, this, this is the podcast, so people can't see, but I could see you. And I, I, I know you see my energy. I see your energy. I see, I see the joy. There's like you're, you're saying it out loud, but part of me is like, it's like you're reliving it. You're remembering that moment. You're remembering the different parts of it. And I guess that's that's yeah. Mm -hmm. That's something I just love about art and and stories so much is it it being yes. just it 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 can do so much both for the impact it Isn't makes it? but also as an mm -hmm. artist the the impact that you feel from being like I helped make that happen right like these are just rent, these are just people and then yeah. brought this thing to bring us all together and to be bigger than ourselves and bigger than yes. just a yes. table um and that just I, yes. I, I I love the joy that I'm getting from this conversation <laughs> today <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank, thank you for being here. Because if you weren't here, it'd be a very different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. Um, so one of the main questions that I ask every every guest on the show <clears throat> is, as a member mm -hmm. of our greater LGBTQ plus community, what mm -hmm. is a future vision you have for like the next step of, of us? 
Like what's something that you would like to see happen soon and like the next step? So maybe not solving everything in the world, but you know, a good positive step in a good direction. Um, definitely. I want to see um, families being brought back together. I want to see children being able to be educated um, and not shunned um, or not turned away. You know, right now we are, books are now being taken out of the school and, you know, off the shelves. And my vision is that we educate our youth. Um, one thing I can say to my children, my daughter just said to me the other day, she was like, mom, I'm so glad that you raised me with an open heart, mm. you know? Um, and that's what I want. I want my grandchildren to, to learn to accept people for who they are and not because of what society says they should be, you know? So I, that is my vision to help youth be able to be who they are and see one another for who they are and not just based off of what somebody's brow beating them to believe and see. So yeah, that's the vision for it. Get our kids out here and let them be strong advocates for who they are. Love it. Love it. That's it's yeah, I'm just like yeah. <laughs> in some ways and yeah, I think it's I think I think it's beautiful. I think you're you're more than on the right track already doing that. And even as you were saying, like, you know, mom of three and other moms of more. Um, <laughs> right? You're like, I'm I'm yeah. I'm gonna see and I'm gonna make that happen. Uh, Absolutely. That's that's beautiful. Absolutely. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yes. I I enjoy these conversations and I'm so glad to have you today today and now we we sort of get into the rapid fire questions that are not always rapid but they are rapid fire questions I wonder mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you ready no, I'm ready <laughs> okay question one uh what is something that inspires you and why Oh my God, my grandchildren. Mm. I am um, a generation of um, five, there's five generations of women um, in my life now. My grandmother is 95 and still alive. And my youngest grandbaby is uh, 10 months, 11 months old. Mm. Um, so five generation of women um, and the inspiration is watching my grandmother be able to see my grandchildren wow. being born, you know, and we talk about it all the time. It's like, this is your great, great grandmother, great, great grandmother. And I don't know my great, great grandmother, right? But my grandchildren are able to see their great, great grandmother. And that inspires me to, you know, it, it just inspires me like to, to go forward to, so that they and their children and their children's children can see um, the beauty, you know, and mm -hmm. be able to know and understand what it's like. That's beautiful, beautiful. I'm just imagining the, the picture of at least the five of you, but just like yes. seeing. Yes. That's... My grandmother, my mother, me, my sister, my daughters, and then my grandchildren. And yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> that inspires me to keep going. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, what What is something that you do for self care? Like a favorite self care. Um, honestly, my favorite self care thing is just I, I work a lot of hours. And not only do I still work a nine to five, and then I work after hours doing the things that I do um, with the arts and theater. Um, Self-care for me just means to take out time just for myself and do nothing. <laughs> and I mean, do nothing. I mean, don't think, just take a nice, good hot shower, 
just, you know, sit back, do some meditation and just relax. That is self-care for me. Um, watching my health, all of those things pay a part of it, but getting the proper rest is so important. Um, especially as an African-American woman, um, statistics showed that we need a certain amount of sleep in order to fight heart disease. So I find it very important to, um, be able to just sit within my own space, you know, and just, just let go of any and everything that I could possibly want to be thinking about and do nothing. <laughs> right. So I may have to reach out to you for some, uh, uh, some ideas. One, I can just get one day and I do, I make sure I get one day because I work long hours. So I make sure I get one day of not doing anything for anyone, but me. Right. That's... Because because I'm always around a lot of people, right? I'm always caring. I'm always doing something for somebody. I have my grandchildren and things around. So it's important for me to love me, right? Because how can I love anyone else if I can't love myself? So I need time out for me. So my self-care is to just sit back and love on me. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Uh... <laughs> You ready for <laughs> so do you have a favorite joke or something you recently laughed at? You know, I don't, I don't want to say, um, I can't really say that. I, I'm, I have a great sense of humor anyway. And like uh -huh. I work for, I, on a regular, I'm a licensed insurance agent for AAA. Right. So I work remote. So I'm on the phones all the time with people. So laughter. I mean, I wouldn't say I have a favorite joke and I probably laughed at some of the craziest things. Um, I don't know. I can't pick out one because I laugh. I like to laugh. There's been a lot of laughing in this episode too. So I'm, I'm happy for that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't pick out one. You know, I'm on the phone with people all the time and it's just hilarious because it, it may, anything may come across, right? Anything may be said. And I say all the time, I'm like, AAA is probably listening to me like, here she goes again. <laughs> right. So like, you know what? We actually are going to record your calls for quality assurance, but it's just for the jokes. It's just for the... <laughs> Let's see what she's got to say today. <laughs> oh man. Um, so since you didn't have one, I'll share one that someone told me last night. Okay. <laughs> and it was the worst joke ever, but it was perfect. Um Okay. <laughs> what did the cow do for work? What did the cow do for work? Yeah. <laughs> movie theater <laughs> really <laughs> movie theater yeah that's not even it's not even a job it was but it was it was it was it was well timed and i was like wow that well. was so dingy but it was enough to laugh at <laughs> I think, I think that's the best part of life I mean, like you can laugh at the small things like yes Yes. I can't wait to use that with my nieces and nephews and, and accept the judgment that they give me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, call man. everybody and give them that joke. <laughs> just to see to see what I get from it. <laughs> Movie theater. Movie theater. <laughs> okay. Um all right. So outside outside of putting the show on more places, right? In more places. What is something that you would want to co-create this year? So my word of the year is co-creation. So I'm start asking people, what's something that you'd like to collaborate with others to create, to do, to show, to make happen um, this year outside of your show? Because we already mentioned that. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of hard for me to think about it at this moment because I've relocated Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not familiar with where I'm at. I would like to work with, um, I I'm really big. I'm really big on our community, to be honest with you. I'm really passionate about it. So, 
um, I'm open to a lot of ideals. Um, you know, right now, because I'm in such an unfamiliar place, it's kind of hard to say what I would like to do in my area, mm -hmm. but um, I'd love to be able to work um, with others in the areas that anything is going to promote us, like, you know, anything is going to strengthen the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I don't want to get to, I don't want to get into, you know, boxes when it comes to it, but I want to be able to um, have spaces for uh, young adults, you know, who um, are struggling with themselves and um, co-create maybe a program um, for them to be able and not just like, not just a place for them to come. I think single, I'm, I'm, let me, let me tone this down. Let me hone this in. I would love to co-create a teen single parenting um, and young adult uh, program for for um, members of the LGBTQ plus community. That's what I want. Um, we have a lot of single parents that are out here who um, need to be supported. Um, we have those who have gone through things and maybe have become impregnated in ways that they, you know, that they didn't agree to um, and they need support. Um, not just the LGBTQ plus community. I, I see this for all teens, single parents, young adults, um, in whichever way, because some sometimes youth are put out there, right, because they become pregnant, um, they become fathers and didn't expect to, um, and they're pushed away. Um, they need support. I know as a young mother, um, when I, when I was a mother, I mean, my first child was born at 19, you know, I was fresh out of high school and there was a program that I was in that helped me, even though I didn't get put out of the house, you know, there's no, there's no book on parenting, right? And then to be put into tougher situations and to be an LGBTQ plus community, you know, and to be, you know, taken advantage of or something happens and then now you're now you're excluded you're put out there I want to build something where they teen mothers or teen parents because not just mothers sometimes it's put on fathers too right where they can come and have a support group that can help them to help to teach them how to um, be successful and still be um, um, prominent parents, you know, be good parents, what, whatever that looks like, because nobody has the true answer to it, but just help balance their lives. So yeah, did that answer the question? It did. I mean, it's your answer and I love it. <laughs> it that's great. That's great. <laughs> like, I feel like that's, that's great. And so Andy, where are you? Where's my co-creator that wants to build this with me? I mean, you gotta yes. <laughs> you start with the vision right you put it out there and now there might be other people who are thinking the same thing absolutely that's how things happen you're in a new place that's how and like happen. you might build that community too um awesome all right got two more questions so uh who is a queer change maker that inspires you so who in the greater rupaul rupaul Mm -hmm. I love RuPaul. <laughs> I love RuPaul. I love Drag Race. I love everything about it. I love my drag sisters and brothers. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, RuPaul inspires me. I love it. I love watching because the show is not just about a show. It's so many things that happens that people end up finding themselves or they, you know, there are, they don't, they've never had a community or they've never been around people. And I just watch the show and I'm just watching how it really impacts people's lives. I love RuPaul. Nice. Love it. <laughs> uh, it's a great, it's a great show at times. And, um, I remember this one time when people were like, it's like RuPaul's therapy session uh, going on with certain <laughs> episodes. And like, I get it because it's easy to turn to humor sometimes. And so right. like, that's my story too. What about me? Right. <laughs> I need to send this episode to my family, right? But um, it's, it's, 
it's amazing what what RuPaul's been able to do over all these years. And yeah. like, you know, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Get it and I know it's for the drag queen community. It's just like I said, it to me, um, and I mean I, I can name several others as well, but when I watch that, I, I see even, you know, transgendered um males um from male to female transgender women or even RuPaul has had straight people being drag who are who do drag you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying okay. and that opens up different eyes you know um a trans man who does drag right <laughs> got milk is a trans man who does drag right but can be himself or be her himself in whatever aspect and still be a part of the arts and still learn so many different things, you know, about, about him, about, about other people. It just opens up so many doors for me. So when I'm watching, I'm just excited. I'm like, I'm in tears half the time when they're crying, I'm laughing <laughs> with the other ones, the shade that they throw all of it. So RuPaul is just one of my favorite queer change makers. Mm -hmm. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Now, final, final question. What is a piece of advice or guiding word of wisdom that you follow or that is that you've turned to in good times, bad times, but just has been with you that helps you keep, you know, moving forward? Don't give up. Don't give up. You can do it. Work on it. Don't give up. You can do it. Work on it. I feel like if you, if you can see the vision, you can make the vision come to life. So work on it. Wow. And don't give up. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much uh, for this conversation. It's it's so been a joy. It's been a treat. Uh, <laughs> there are lots of laughs, <laughs> lots of ideas, lots of sharing, and I I am am so glad that I got to be able to do this <laughs> and that you, we had the time to have this conversation. Um, it's, it's, it's great. I, I love your smile, your passion for inclusivity. And even when you talk about your, your family and just your joy for kids mm -hmm. and, and <sighs> thank you. Just, you know, this has been great. <laughs> thank you so um, much for having me. Yeah. And I, and I can't wait to, to see Affirming Love. Whether whether it makes the makes its way down here to DC or up to New York or over in Indianapolis, who knows? Depending on time, I might might you know do a little travel because it sounds like it, it'll be worth it. Well um, worth it. But yeah, so thank you so much, and thank you. Whew. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for giving me the time to speak with you. You know, until my story has been great. You're wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Queer Changemakers. This is Justin, and I hope you are able to get some inspiration and maybe some ideas about how you can take action to create positive change in your life, communities, and beyond. See you next time.